How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Crossover episode, Locked On Bulls and Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to all the Locked On Podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Make sure you leave lots of five-star reviews. I'm Sean Hyken, one of the co-hosts of uh, Locked On Bulls. With me in my apartment slash studio is Fred Katz of Locked On Thunder, Norman Transcript Beat Writer. Can I tell people the name of your Wi-Fi network? Of course you can. The name of your Wi-Fi network is Soldier Mansion. Because that's what Soldier Boy calls his uh, his apartment. He, I mean, not his apartment, his mansion. He geo he tags awful. it as that on Instagram. Awful. No, it's not awful. It's, I mean, it's been a, it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough couple of weeks for fans of Soldier Boy. But wait, why has it been a rough couple of weeks? Because he's been out here picking fights on Twitter with like Chris Brown, and then also with the Migos. And I think like he and Chris Brown are going to do like a celebrity boxing match because they have a beef over one of them liking an Instagram model's picture. Like that's a thing right now. So Your life is an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. You want to talk about the Bulls and the Thunder? Let's talk time? about some basketball. All right, so Bulls Thunder Monday night. What time is that game? Seven. Seven p.m. Central Time. Uh, Jimmy Butler playing really well. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler. 38 points per game last week. He's yeah. going to win Player of the Week when they announce it, I assume. I would think so. 38 points, then like 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 46% shooting. Right, had 52 against Charlotte. He had 42 in that huge win against Toronto. Um, he's been scoring like crazy. What has he been doing so well from your vantage point? Well, the thing that he's been doing this week in particular, and really since they started going on this on this hot streak, because now they've won three games in a row and all against good teams, but he's been taking a lot more shots in the flow of the offense and not just, like, taking a lot of isolation jumpers and just forcing up bad shots. And I think a lot of that is really because ever since Fred Hoiberg benched Rajon Rondo, Jimmy's been playing more with either Doug McDermott or Nico Miritich on the floor. And he's just so much more effective when he actually has a floor spacer out there as opposed to, like, these three alphas lineups where... There's not a slasher being more effective with a floor spacer. I know it's it's a shocking thing. It's maybe, it's maybe something they should have kept uh, should have kept in mind before they signed Rajon Rondo in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, nobody thought that that. So many people thought that wasn't going to work, and then it didn't really work. No, it didn't. He's been benched. And by the way, tomorrow night uh, is Rajon Rondo bobblehead night. So that's going to be kind of awkward if everybody gets the bobbleheads and doesn't play. Wait, wait, oh, tomorrow's Rondo bobblehead night. What did you think it was? I You told me that, and it, like, went in one year, and I didn't process that's, it. Right, no, that's the whole reason, because, like, I don't normally even pay attention to, like, what night that is, but Rondo bobblehead night after he... It's so awkward. It's going to be so weird. That is super awkward. Now he's benched and doesn't play and has a bobblehead night. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't really think Bulls fans are, like, broken up about it. It's not like there's, like, a contingent of 
Bills fans that want Rondo to play. There's a certain, there's definitely Rondo highs, but it's mostly Celtics fans who like can't let go of what he was four or five years ago. It's Michael Pina. No, Michael Pina knows he's bad. <laughs> I know. I'm just really hoping that Pina Pina's been on. Have you had Pina on? I haven't, but Pina's I should. Pina's been on mine. I, that's my that, that's my guy though. I love Pina. Shout out to Pina. I, I love Pina, but I I need to just hope that he's listening so that I can give him crap. That's that's like my my extreme hope that Pina's always listening to my life. And then I can make fun of him. I know Pete is probably an avid listener of Locked On <laughs> Thunder and Locked On Bulls, both on the Locked On Podcast Network. You should check out Locked On Celtics with Jay King and John Corrales, though. Nice plug. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I've become good at the plugs. Where's Jimmy Butler and the best shooting guards in the league? I would put him second. Behind Harden. Clay Thompson. Well, the best... The, are, was, we call, are we calling well, Harden the point guard at this I was going to make a joke that the greatest argument for Jimmy Butler being the best shooting guard in the league is that James Harden is a point guard. Right. So, I mean, I think I would put him second behind Harden. If we're calling Harden a point guard, I think he's the best at this point. Yeah. I think that's fair. I he does, hard to he see does exactly more. He's not as good. He's obviously not as good of a shooter as Clay is, but I think he's a better, def- a little bit better defender, and he does more offensively. I think Clay Thompson's an overrated defensive player, honestly. He's a good defensive player. That's the other thing about Jimmy is every night he's going to guard. Like he, He'll guard LeBron. He'll guard Paul George. Last night he was guarding Kyle Lowry down the stretch as well as doing what he was doing offensively. Like He's always going to guard the other team's best player. He's going to guard Russ tomorrow. Yeah. yeah good. Russ, Russ is like... Russ is going to have a wing on him wherever he goes at this point. And except for like the teams with the really, really good defensive point guards. You know, you have Chris Paul will... Although right. Chris Paul doesn't guard point guards as much as he... As much as he did the he last picks few his, years. He picks his spots and they gets have, up for yeah, guys like Russ. They have, they have Bob Mute guard him this year. Um, Patrick Beverly obviously will do it. Uh, Drew Holiday did it with New Orleans. Uh, Mike Conley will do it. Pat Beverly, did you say him? Yeah, yeah, Beverly for sure. Beverly is all over him. Like, Beverly gets in his grill whenever. But, like, wings guard Russell Westbrook for the most part. That's the problem with the Thunder roster. Like, people talk about how they need a wing who can handle the ball and score and, like, who can shoot who can create some offense for, for himself and or for other people. And and that's a flaw, but it's not a flaw because they need that guy to score. It's because they need someone who the defense has to figure, all right, well, if we have our wing guard Russell Westbrook, we have no one to guard this guy. So we need to have our wing guard this guy. So that way we can end. And then all of a sudden you're stuck with that point guard on Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook can just go to town on... You know, Jose Calderon or whoever it is guarding him. Well, you know what's interesting with uh, this matchup in particular is if you want to give Jimmy a breather, Michael Carter-Williams can actually stay in front of a guy like that. And he's long. He's super And he'll get in guys' grills. He'll go for steals. He's a much better defender at this point than Rondo is. Yes. Oh, for sure. Rondo gets blown by... Right. Like, Rondo, Rondo, I mean, obviously Rondo used to be one of the best defensive point guards in the league five years ago, but now, you know, <clears throat> MCW on that end is actually a plus, which the Bulls haven't had outside of Jimmy on the perimeter in a while. When you're that long, and you're that athletic, uh-huh. and you're not just completely um, inept when it comes to just understanding how to defend the position, you're probably going to be a decent defensive point guard. Yeah. There aren't that many great defensive point guards. No, there aren't. I mean, are we counting Giannis as a point guard? Because that's... I don't no, Giannis is not a point guard. I... The problem with the way that we're defining positions now is like LeBron no one, plays a lot. LeBron plays a lot of points. Well, just like nobody defines it by the position, or, or I should say, a lot of people do. But these people who say Harden's a point guard now, or 
which I've probably said at times, but, you know, say Harden's a point guard or Giannis is a point guard, no one in, when the people who say that are not defining it by who you defend. Giannis doesn't really defend point guards. Giannis actually defends more fours than he does point guards. They play on the back line and have him defend the rim often. Like, he's... He's a help, he's a backline help defender defensively, and he's as he should be. He's he's really good at that, and he's like you know defending the rim incredibly well this year. Uh, but like Harden defends twos. Patrick Beverly really defends primary ball handlers and that kind of stuff for them. And um, you know that's that's like you have to de- decide on on who these guys are guarding. Like if you're not defending point guards at all, like you're not. And, and, and it's, you know, you're not you're not a point guard. And it, it's not a situation where they're, like, trying to hide you on defense. Like, Stephen Curry often doesn't defend point guards, but that's a hiding on defense type of thing, you know? Um, if you're not defending point guards and it's and it's because that's just what is natural for you within the defense, then you're not a point <clears throat> guard. Yeah. Um, so we got, some, we got some Twitter questions about both of these teams. So I want to I hit some of these. So a person named Hashtag A Future To Believe In on Twitter says, what do the Bulls need to do in order to avoid a first-round exit? Hashtag Bulls, hashtag Bulls Nation, Jimmy Butler, hashtag NBA vote. So he got a Jimmy Butler all-star vote in there for <laughs> in there and with the question. So shout out to him for that. Uh, I think what the Bulls need to do to avoid a first-round exit, clearly after last night, I think clearly what the answer is is hope they get Toronto because they always seem to beat Toronto. I don't know why. Yeah, Toronto is... Uh, Toronto's, Toronto's really lost, good. They've lost some heartbreakers. They have. But they just, the last time they beat the Bulls was December 31st, uh, 2013. Really? Yes, that was the DJ Augustine year. I didn't realize that. It's been a while. Wow, yeah, Toronto's lost some heartbreakers. They they fell that close one in Houston, and Harden killed them. And then Harden had the 40-point triple-double. Um, and then uh, and, and Jimmy Butler went for 42 in that win. The Bulls are a weird team. The Bulls... What do you so? What do you make of them defensively? Because I think Robin Lopez is is like almost kind of the key to their playoff hopes in some ways. Well, Robin is great in certain matchups, but he just you have to play a center like you know a very traditional kind of back to the basket center in order for him to be effective. Because anytime and we've seen this the last couple of weeks, he gets lit up when he gets stuck on like Lamarcus Aldridge or Miles Turner or any any kind of big who can stretch the floor. You almost can't even put him on the floor. Right. He's he's pretty decent guarding pick and rolls though, I feel like. Like he's he's he at least he's good when you can in terms of dropping back but the problem is that he drops back a lot in the mm-hmm. pick and rolls, and that's why those guys who can ping and pop get to him. But like he's he's got great rim protection numbers this year. Um and in last the last time I checked, his his on off numbers defensively were really were really good, right? I think so. I haven't looked at them in a while, but the thing, I mean, the thing that's kind of interesting is that Fred has not been playing him down the stretch. He's been going with Cristiano Felicio, and I don't know how much of that is him just trusting Felicio over Lopez, and how much of that is John Paxson saying on Christmas that he wanted to get a look at some of their younger players, and so Fred's trying to give Chris more of an extended run, but Robin has not been getting in the games in the fourth quarter. He's obviously still starting, but he kind of hasn't been as much of a factor late as he was early on in the season. Okay, so tell me, what is what is the key to the Bulls not getting eliminated in the first round? I guess they got to make it there first. <laughs> I think you know. I think unless unless Jimmy first. gets hurt, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Just because the rest of the East is a mess too. I, it's so there are about six teams in the East where I'm just like, okay, yeah. So what's the key to them not? I what, mean, basically, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think they are? Six seed? 
I mean, there's such little difference between 5 and, like, 12. I so. kind of think Milwaukee's going to end up in that 5, though. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise Milwaukee, me. But. Milwaukee's net rating is too good for them to be a game over 500 right now. I feel like they're going to pull gonna away. Get, and then they're going to get Middleton back in a couple months. Right, so. and I feel like they're going to pull away and, like, win, like, 45. They're, like, sure. a plus 3.5 per 100 possessions or something like that. They're too good for a game over So, five. yeah, six, you know, six, seven, eight. Basically, avoid Cleveland in the first round. Right. And then I think I feel so. Get Toronto. Get Toronto. I don't. I don't know if they beat Boston, but Boston is. I don't think a lock. They've already beaten Boston once this season. So I. I mean, I don't know. I, I would. I would be shocked if they actually won a playoff series. But avoid Cleveland, and it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Well, they, they, Cleveland is not in the realm of possibility. Here's an interesting. Here's an interesting one from the same Twitter user hashtag A Future to Believe in is his handle. Uh, this is for both of us. Would you rather rebuild long term around Jimmy or Westbrook if you were a GM? How old's Jimmy Butler? Twenty seven. Russell Westbrook. How old's Russ? Twenty eight. Russ has also had three knee surgeries though. Like, yeah, but he's so much No, better. I agree, I agree. No, I, I I think I would tend to agree with you on that. He's so much better. I mean I, I am I the the Oklahoma Homer. No, 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 because I think so too. It's, I think so too. It just the thing, the thing to the the way to counter it, I guess, would be first of all, Jimmy's a way better defender. Second, yeah, second true. of all, Russ has had three knee surgeries, and you you know he's gonna fall off a lot harder whenever the athleticism. Right, goes. he's more reliant on athleticism, and and it's I could I could envision a scenario in which he doesn't age gracefully in terms of his playing style. Uh. I would still say Russell I would Westbrook. too. I would too. He's yeah. a year older than Jimmy Butler, and uh, Jimmy Butler's great. Yeah. I, I think he absolutely Jimmy Butler's is. a top ten player in the league. Russell Westbrook is a top like three player in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's the answer is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. It's he is, the dude is really, really good at basketball. There are very, very few people who I would answer over Russell Westbrook in that, in that answer. There are very few with Jimmy Butler, too, but. Yeah. No, I, would, I, I agree. The answer is certainly Russell Westbrook. Well, we, there was someone who asked me a good Twitter question, which I got to find in my mentions. Uh, maybe that was what it was. Was it the Jimmy or Russ one? Uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of Thunder ones. There are a bunch of Thunder ones. You want to talk Thunder? Fine. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. The, the, a lot of these are like about Cameron Payne and Alex and Brain. I don't really have a lot for you on that, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do want to take this one because I think this is a good one from Douglas Kirk Lane. Um, does, does Payne unlock some new lineup combinations, like three guard lineups with Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo? And the reason I want to take that is because Eric Korn actually asked Billy Donovan about that at practice this morning. Okay. Um, we're in Chicago right now. Yeah. We're in my... Like, I'm, I'm literally in, in Sean's apartment We're at the Soldier Mansion. (laughs) We're at the Soldier Mansion. And, uh, Eric Korn asked Billy Donovan about that, that specific question at practice today Billy basically said he was very intrigued with three guard lineups uh, with Victor Oladipo and Cameron Payne and Russell Westbrook as a way to just get multiple ball handlers out there um, three guys who can actually create and, and you just go small with Oladipo as your three and I guess Payne is your two. Those are definitely going to struggle defensively I feel like you need to pick your spots to when you do it but I just thought that was that is a good thing to look out for. I'm, I'm into trying it Especially if Payne 
Payne looked comfortable shooting the ball. He made six threes in his second D-League game uh, on his rehab stint, and then he made a couple as soon as he entered the game. Like, if he can be a legitimate three-point shooter, which is something they desperately need, if he can be someone who can handle the ball, who can who can at least, like, space the floor to some degree, that's that's such a big deal for them that just getting him the extra minutes for a team that does not shoot the ball well from three-point, like that, if, if it means, you know, playing three guards and maybe getting hurt on the defensive end and, Maybe you play on the back end if you're going to go small. Like maybe you just go with like Stephen Adams and and Jeremy Grant as your four and your five in that lineup for just as much rim protection as you can possibly get uh, to try to even that out. But I'm I'm all for experimenting on that. I think that would be a super interesting. I think that would be a super interesting lineup, and I think it could definitely work in certain scenarios. Sure. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Cameron Payne. Uh, Cameron Payne's pretty good. Cameron Payne has the smallest face in the NBA. I, that I know. You know who else has... You know who the only person who can contend with him is? Who? Alan Anderson. Yeah. Very yeah, small I face. See, I can see that. Alan Anderson has a very small face. Cameron Payne has the smallest face. And, uh, and Randy Foy has the highest butt. More so than Andre Miller. Oh, Andre Miller and John Henson. Oh, well, I guess so. someone someone asked me if John. I guess Henson, Andre Miller's not in the league anymore. So someone asked me if John Henson has the highest butt in the league. I was like, that's a good one. So here's a question from number one Bulls fan on Twitter: Can anybody stop Russell Westbrook? No. Let's just move on from that one. <laughs> the answer's no. The answer's no. I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's gonna make him work on the defense. Jimmy end, Butler's but, a really good Jimmy, defensive player, right? But no, the answer's no. I mean, you've stop. seen you've seen what he's you've seen what he's doing this whole season. No, no, the answer's no. Uh, he's... He's been. I am so intrigued to see how many um, jump shots he's going to take against Chicago. What's your prediction for uh, Russ's line tomorrow? I think he's going to take thirty shots. Okay, but what's his like point, rebounds, assists? Like, well, if he, he takes thirty shots, he's scoring over thirty. Okay, um, so he's going to do like thirty-seven, and I don't know. We'll probably have a triple double. <laughs> he, he literally does it every other game. So this is he didn't have a triple double last game. So I'll predict he has one this game. If he, his next triple double ties his season total from last year, that's that's insane. That he's, he's got that seventeen. He's that. That he had eighteen all last year, and people were like, "Oh my god, he has eighteen triple doubles in a season." That's amazing. That's ridiculous that he's and doing that in January. And now. now he's got seventeen less than halfway into the year. I'm going to take a Bulls one now since we just did that. Uh, that Thunder one about Cameron Payne. Uh, Jordan on Twitter says, "I've seen some idea about Brandon Knight for Rondo. Phoenix clears space, shooter for the Bulls. Thoughts? Well, I'm just going to say first of all that." I don't think the Bulls are getting any other team to actually trade for Rondo without attaching another asset to it. Like, if the Bulls were to give up a pick to get some team to take Rondo, that's the only way I could maybe see that happening. Now, if you ask me, if I were the Bulls GM, would I and Rondo for Brandon Knight was on the table, would you do that? Yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat because I still think Brandon Knight could be a useful player. I don't know if he's a long-term starting point guard on a good team, but I think he's useful. But knowing the Bulls' front office... They're very big on not sacrificing future flexibility and cap space, and Brandon Knight still has a few years left on that contract, which looks pretty reasonable now, but they still... They had a deal on the table last deadline with Pau Gasol where they would have gotten back Costa Kufus, and the reason they said no was because they didn't want to take on long-term money, so I feel like that might factor into it. You know what I'm excited for? What? Um, Robin Lopez versus Steven Adams. Oh my god, yes! 
That's going to be really That's going to be awesome. First of all, I feel like they would really get along. They they love... They're both comic book nerds. Okay. I'm sure they probably have both crossed paths before. They're both very funny people. They're both very bright. I feel like they would get along personally very well. Uh, Basketball-wise, like, they're just super physical... And like, and just like, how does Stephen Adams so many elbows thrown? Do the Thunder have a mascot? How does Stephen Adams feel about mascots? Oh, I don't know how Stephen Adams feels about mascots. The Thunder do have a mascot. It is a guy named Rumble, and uh, I don't know how Stephen Adams feels about mascots. I can ask him. That sh- that might be the thing to do. <laughs> I get him tomorrow at shoot around. We'll ask him. I don't know if. I don't know if Steven's kind of like in his own world. I I, I bet Steven did, is completely unaware of the Robin Lopez mascot thing. Do you think Steven Adams is aware of the existence of mascots? <laughs> I, I do think he's aware of that. But that's going to be a fun, like, basketball matchup. Two of the best screen setters in the league. Yeah, no, that's going gonna, that's gonna to be a lot of fun. And then, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Todd Gibson in there, too. Just another physical guy. Uh, it's going to... This is, this is kind of an intriguing game, just from a matchup standpoint. Well, they're a little similar. Like... They both have one super ball-dominant scorer who does most of the heavy lifting. Right. They don't have a lot of shooting around them. They're both pretty good defensively. Bulls are about middle of the pack. They're both... They're they're top 15, though, right? I think they're 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 13th last time I looked. Yeah, the Thunder Thunder were like 10th last time I looked. Um, Six through like 11 in defensive efficiency have been so close that Uh like you can jump around so much day to day. Yeah. Um... but but the Thunder were around that range. They're pretty good. They're both really good offensive rebounding teams. They're both really high ranked in offensive rebound rate right now, and pretty good defensive rebounding teams as well. Um, they have like pretty similar styles. They're pretty similar in terms of where they rank in net rating and all that kind of stuff. Um, like it could be like a it could be one of those like really good ugly games. Yeah, I, like I, when they when they win, they tend to win. Uh, they win a lot of games that are ugly. Both teams, you know, it's like one of those games where it's like, ah, oh, the Bulls shot seven of twenty-three from three, and they still won. Seven of twenty-three from three is kind of is actually a good day for the Bulls yeah. from three-point range. <laughs> sure. they, they are they are dead last in the league in every three-point. They're last in the league in makes attempts percentage. They're, seven for twenty-three. If they made seven threes in a game, that would actually be a good day for them. <laughs> but like, I feel like whoever wins the game tomorrow night is going to be like, well, they. Like, Westbrook played well, and Jimmy Butler played well, and it was, like, one of those, like, really ugly, like, 103 to 95. Right. I'm just, I'm excited. I have no idea who's going to win that game. I think the Thunder are a better team, but the Bulls randomly have this ability to beat good teams after they lose to bad teams, so they, the last three teams, they've won three games in a row, and those three games were against Charlotte, Cleveland, and Toronto, so, like, they play well against good teams for some reason. Right. This is kind of the Thunder stretch where they kind of, I... I don't really believe in the concept of, like, must win, because, like, what does that mean, you know? Like, no, there's no... I mean, for the Bulls, every game is a people, must like, win. Like, I heard, I heard somebody on the on, on local radio say the other day when I was listening, like, you know, this one against Denver on Saturday, like, that's about as close to a must win as you're going to have. And that's not, like, the concept that I'm trying to give. I'm not trying to give the concept of must win. But it would be really helpful for the Thunder to win this stretch right now, because they got, like, we were talking about it before we went on air. So they've got... Uh, they had Denver on Saturday, um, and they, they won that game. But then they got at Chicago, and that's hardly an easy game. 
but it's easy compared to the games they have upcoming. Sure, yeah. They yeah. got home. They got home Minnesota, and then they have at Sacramento. And like they, those they are all. Able, those are both teams they should be able to beat. Right. These are they the, took, this they took care of. They took care of Minnesota. On right. Christmas. This is the stretch. It's a winnable game. Yeah. Like it's not unreasonable if they walk if they walk away from this win, you're not surprised. Um, and same thing with home Minnesota, obviously, and same thing with at Sacramento, even though they lost by 15 at Sacramento earlier this year. Right. Um, and so and so. After that, they've got at the Clippers, at Golden State, at Utah, at New Orleans, at Cleveland, Dallas, but second night of a back-to-back, at San Antonio. That's pretty rough. The Bulls have a pretty ridiculous. The Bulls have a pretty crazy upcoming schedule too. They've got this game tomorrow, and then they back-to-back in Washington on on uh, Tuesday, and then they go to New York, they're home with New for New Orleans. They have and then, you know the rest of their January is. Pretty manageable, I think. But then they're, they they start off February with a six game road trip, which had which is uh, Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, Golden State, Phoenix, Minnesota, and then they come back Boston and or Toronto and then Boston. So not not an easy stretch. No, that's not an easy stretch. I mean, for the Bulls, I mean, I think the Thunder are more solidly a playoff team than the Bulls are, because it's really only the eighth seed that's sort of up for grabs at this point in the West. Like, right. it's either going to be like Portland, Denver, Sacramento, New Orleans. Bottom I mean, of the West is just so bad. It's going to be one of those teams. And I think the Thunder, you can pretty solidly say, are in the playoffs. The Bulls, I think they're going to make it, just because I think the Bulls' well, best player is better than the best player on any of these other teams in that same cluster. But that cluster from, like, four through... 12 is so close that any kind of extended losing streak, right. if the Bulls, Cody and I have talked about this on Locked on Bulls before, uh, but if the Bulls ever get, like, I, he, that's something that he and I, like, he and I usually agree on a lot of things, but one of the things we disagreed on before the season was whether the Bulls would make the playoffs. I said they would, he said they wouldn't. I think as long as they stay around 500 or within a couple games of 500, they'll be okay if they ever get, like, four or five games below 500. I don't think they have it in them to really put together enough of a run to get back in. So as long as they stay around 500, then I think they're going to get in the playoffs. And to do that, they have to kind of keep winning. They're actually one game above 500 now, but they have to kind of keep winning games, not really go on a slide. So I would say every game is a must-win for the Bulls. So right as we were having this conversation, this is very pertinent. Tim Bontemps, who... Mutual friend. Mutual friend. Friend friend of the show, we'll say, who has been on Lockdown. Has he been on Lockdown Bulls? He hasn't, but I want him to at Tim some point. That's my guy. Do, Tim will do any podcast. He has no podcast standards. He's been on Lockdown Thunder. I should uh, hit him up. Thunder well, actually, fans, no, because I'm probably going to... Thunder fans hate Tim because... Because he, he doesn't think Russ is MVP? Uh, no, because he picked them not to make the playoffs. One of his, like, preseason... That's not that hot of a take. You yeah, could... one of his preseason bowl calls was that... Thunder would not make. The well, if it makes them, if it makes them feel better, Tim also he's, said. He's and, since admitted that he was not it, correct. Just like he's, if it makes anybody feel better, he's also said Minnesota was going to win fifty games. So <laughs> I know he gets so much crap for that. Well, he <laughs> should because I mean, I even I was I was high. So I didn't I didn't think Minnesota was going to be as bad as they are. But I thought when he said fifty games and they would definitely make the playoffs, I was I thought that was crazy. Yeah, fifty is. I picked them to win thirty six. So. That's a little bit more. Yeah, they might not even get to thirty six. They no, I I picked them for thirty six, and I was like a their over under was like forty two or something. What are they at now? Like nine, ten? They're really low. They're really bad. They beat the Bulls. I can tell you that. They're really bad. Uh, anyway, so Tim tweeted. 
Bottom of the West continues to be a tire fire. The eighth seed, tied between Portland and Sacramento, is currently on pace for 33 wins. Which is funny because you Can imagine if a 50, win, a 50 loss team makes playoffs? That 33 wins is 49 losses. That's, I mean, that's... It's, it's probably not going to happen. Someone, it almost definitely is not going to happen. Then we're someone, gonna, you know, we're going to start, we're, we're totally going to start seeing the uh, people calling for just one seeding at 1 through 16, which right. I don't agree with just because of the travel stuff. But, you know, if, if a team that loses that many games is gets into the playoffs, like that's, the, those people are going to come back out of the woodwork. Right. And it's, it's funny, it's usually the Eastern Conference, it's usually like, because remember the, uh, was it 2014, the year that uh, Phoenix won 48 games and didn't make the playoffs, and then right. Atlanta got the 8th seed in the East with a sub-500 record. 2010, um, the 8th the seed was the Thunder, and they won 50. Yeah. There was also, like, that year the Warriors won 48 and didn't make it. I think that was the year after the We Believe team, right? Yeah. They won 48 and they didn't make it. Yeah, and they most recently obviously said like Phoenix. But man, I don't think that's going to end up happening. Someone's going to get hot. Like Portland will put it together I think Portland. I think Portland has the most talent out of any yeah, of them. So Denver, Denver has the ability to make a trade. But you have to imagine like if a team is just like 12 games under 500 and in the running for the 8th seed, Denver is just going to be on, on February 15th, Denver is just going to be like, all right. Screw it! We're we're, we're trading so, some of our yeah, depth. We'll get Gallinari chance, right? Like there's there's value. Guys. Like like Denver has tons of tons of young guys, but like they're gonna choose Jokic over Narkic. Do you think one of those so, guys could be a fit for the? Because I mean, obviously Rudy Gay is a guy that gets talked about a lot as a Thunder trade target. But do you think Gallinari? I feel like Gallinari or Chandler would be a better person for them to go after. I think one of those guys would be a really nice fit. I think look Wilson Chandler kill. Do you know the Wilson Chandler Thunder thing? Wilson Chandler just kills the fight. I didn't know about this. Wilson Chandler. Every, Wilson Chandler's really good, though. He's very underrated. Except for my Thunder fans. Thunder fans think he's Michael Jordan. <laughs> and and it's not unreasonable. <laughs> it's not unreasonable if you only watch the Thunder and don't watch the rest of the league. Because he actually does for some reason. And it's not like a this year That's thing. That's how Raptors fans feel about Doug McDermott. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a this year thing. He's like every single year he just destroys the Thunder for some reason. And uh, it happened last night. It was like it was like halftime, and he was eight for eleven from the field and had nineteen points at halftime. And like he just he just rocks the Thunder every single time he plays them. He is a good player. He is absolutely a good player. Gallinari is a really good player. Gallinari is good. It's just with him, it's more a question of if he can stay healthy. He's had, right. you know, he has I, plenty of injury problems. That that eight seed race, by the way, is really relevant to the Bulls to Bulls fans because that Sacramento pick. Is top ten protected? If the bull, if the if the Kings finish outside of the top ten in the lottery this year, the Bulls get their first round pick. Otherwise, it becomes two second rounders next year. So, if the Kings are able to squeak in and get the eighth seed, the Bulls will have the fourteenth or the was it the pick, would be the fifteenth pick plus whatever pick they have if they stay competitive, which I think they're going to because I really don't think that the Kings are going to trade uh, Demarcus before the deadline. So, I think they're going to try right. to stay competitive, the, especially now that we're talking about trying to trade for Millsap, which I don't really understand from their perspective, but I guess if they really want to make the playoffs, they're going to try that, but if they get, like, that, you know, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th pick, or get in the playoffs, they're... the Bulls are getting their pick. Right. That will be very interesting. Sacramento, man, has just given so much away. I don't understand. And they've they've just... they've they've blown so many of these draft picks, too. Like, Nick Stauskas not on the team anymore. Except Stauskas has been, like, 
pretty playable. He's been, right, he's been he's been good, but he's not on the team anymore. Ben McLemore isn't good. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein is way behind on the depth chart. He doesn't even play. No, that's a guy I would try to get if I was like another team. I don't yeah. know if he's good, but that's a guy I would take a flyer on. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you can argue that like the market inefficiency right now is centers who can switch on pick and rolls. Um, and I, I, I don't know if it's, or maybe it was the market inefficiency two years ago. Now teams are really starting to load up, but that's a guy who has that skill set, and you can probably go and do it. It doesn't make sense for the Thunder. Uh, they have a lot of big men. But, but yeah, I, I'm trying, you know, I've been trying to think about that Denver deal because my mentions filled up yesterday with, like, the Thunder should really get Wilson Chandler. He'd be perfect for them. And I actually don't. That's not like a crazy Twitter take to me. No, I he would be. I think he would. So be what would that trade look like? That's the thing. I can't think. Like the Thunder's two pieces if they were going to make a trade. Like Canner makes no sense in Denver. Right. They have so many bigs. Their their problem is that they have Nurkic and they have Jokic, and like they 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 have a surplus in that area. So like I I don't I don't see and Canner has become such a great offensive player. Um he was always a great scorer, but he's like a legitimately, he's just randomly become a really good passer now, mm-hmm. um, which is something I did not see coming. I didn't realize he was just going to become a really good passer out of the post, because he used to be a really bad passer out of the post, and now he's like legitimately above average at passing out of double teams and facilitating out of the post. Like He's legitimately good at it, and um, he's such a good offensive player that it it really helps. Ooh, Draymond Green said DeMarcus Cousins is the best big man in the league, period. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think Gasol is better. I think uh, Anthony Davis is better. Yeah, Anthony Davis is better. Gasol's better, too. Yeah, that's what I said. Gasol's the best, yeah. Gasol's the best center in the league. Are we counting? So we say, we say big man. Uh, do you think... Who would you rather have on your team, Kevin Love or DeMarcus Cousins? It depends on who my coach is. Fair enough. Is Giannis a big man? No, he's a wing. Okay. And I mean, definitely Gasol and Davis. Definitely Gasol and Davis. So I don't know about that, but... If my answer is it depends on who my coach is, then you can't be the best big man in the league. Right. Best big man in the league has to fit into any scenario. Yeah. Marcus Gasol fits into any scenario. He's the most. I'm, I can buy. He's the most talented big man in the league. Sure, I can buy that much. We are so off track right now. I don't think anyone. No one really cares. Losing too much sleep over it. <laughs> oh. Well, no, this is good because I, whenever I do these like crossover episodes before a game, I don't want to talk about this specific game too much because that's going to have such little shelf life. Although I guess right. these two teams play again uh, at the beginning of February. Right. They play what February third first. First, right, right, right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, Thunder play on the Super, on Super Bowl day. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that first part of the road trip. But my Bulls beat brethren who are the Bulls are in Houston on the third. Mm. Thunder play at home against Portland, but they play at three o'clock and Super Bowls are. And, but there's, so. but there's, but the guys were all talking about how it's just impossible to get a hotel, so they're all getting hotels like 20 miles out of the city. That's oh, all the they, Super Bowl in Houston. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's silly planning. It's not great. Why would they have a game then? Doesn't seem to make sense. It's not great. All right. Want to wrap this up? Yeah. 
Uh, so, uh, you know, thanks for listening. This is, you know, you can subscribe to Locked on Bulls on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play. Find Locked on Thunder, all those same places as well. Follow me on Twitter, at Hiken. Follow Fred on Twitter, at Fred Katz. Leave us both five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, and we will be, we're going to do an episode with Cody tomorrow, my co-host of Locked on Bulls, after the game tomorrow from the United Center. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. It'll be good. Uh, thanks for listening, guys.